Hi, this is D.H. Dawkins Sr., lead pastor of Praise Tabernacle International. Thank you for tuning in on today's podcast. We hope that it will be inspiring, empowering, and enlightening to you, most of all impactful to your growth and your journey in faith. Let's look at Matthew 14, verse 22, beginning there. Uh, I'm going to read from the, uh, let's go with the modern English version. I think it pulls some points out in a way that would be good for us to understand. It says, then Jesus commanded his disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. When he sent the crowds away, he went up into a mountain by himself to pray And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea. Highlight that, in the middle of the sea. Tossed by the waves, for the wind was turbulent. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, bid me come to you on the water. He said, come. And when Peter got out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Father, your word is blessed, and we are more blessed to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, The background of this particular biblical account was the feeding of the 5,000. That's pretty much the lesson, I would say, that was at the background on this event. It's a tremendous test, I believe, for the disciples uh, that came after this lesson. So Jesus teaches, and now there's a lesson to be learned up ahead. There are several miracles here. The miracle of Jesus walking on the water, uh, the miracle of Peter himself walking on the water, uh, the miracle of Jesus calming the storm, and then later on, the miracle of the boat being instantly on the other shore. Uh, The frightening reality of the storm is what we are introduced to first of all. They're in the middle of this sea. I told you to highlight that. They're in the middle of it. They they were about three to about three and a half miles from shore. So they're caught in the middle. Life has a way of putting us in the middle of situations. You're, You're too far from the security of what was, but not yet to the place of expectation of what will be. You are right in the middle of it. And some of you have started this year at the beginning of the year, but in the middle of a situation. It's the beginning of a new season, but it's still the middle of your circumstance. You're caught in the middle. Everything was against them. The scripture says the wind was contrary. It's a strong wind. Often I believe it seems that everything can be going against us, even if it's not, it feels that way. Notice the wind cannot be seen, but it can be felt. And in some cases, you'll see everything flowing in your direction, but you'll feel opposition coming at you. So the winds of life can blow contrary or against us. Another situation that makes this a frightening reality is that it was the fourth watch. 
So just so you know, the fourth watch is the darkest hour. It's that 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, before the sun breaks into dawn. The fourth watch is the last watch of the night. So it's dark, it's dangerous, and the disciples did not know which way to go. So we've got a dilemma here. We've got a threefold problem. They're distant from the shore, the direction of the wind, and the darkness of night. We've got all that. So now God seems to have set this illustration up of the problems that we can all relate to even now. For some of you, you're too distant from the shore. The direction of the wind is oppositional, and the darkness of the night is not helping you. God then steps in and does what he's known for doing best, which is provision, or providing rather, in the midst of this storm. First of all, let me let you know God is never surprised by your storm. Whatever it is that comes up against us this year, whatever is going to happen in July, whatever is going to happen down in November of 2021, God will not be surprised. None of these things can catch God off guard. That's why I, I encourage you to check in with him daily. Stay in a posture of prayer on a daily basis because if he is fully aware, if he is omniscient, if he is all-knowing, that means that I need to be connected to him because he will not leave me unaware of the enemy's devices. I will not be ignorant. I will not be left in the dark. God will keep me informed about what I need to know pertaining to my life. God also uses our storms as a pathway to us. Sometimes we've got so many things between us and God that God proverbially cannot get to us. We know God can do anything, but in terms of us being open and us being in a vulnerable place to receive him, sometimes he's got to allow a storm to create a heightened level of dependency that requires us to throw ourselves at him in a way that we would not have done in a more secure season. God also will use our storm to reveal Christ to us. In verse 27, it literally says, take courage. I am. Don't be afraid. I'll say it again. Take courage. This is Matthew 14, 27. I am, period. Do not be afraid. Jesus used the name of God, the name I am in that moment. I am. This is the name for the great self-existent God. It's a, it's a very holy name. This name is a declaration of deity. Jesus, in essence, was saying, I am in charge here. We need to see him as the Christ in the midst of our storm who is in charge. Would you just put it out there let somebody know God is in charge. God is in charge. This name is a proclamation of his presence. Not I was, not I am going to be, but I am. This is the eternally contemporary Christ, meaning I am here with you. I'll be with you when you get to where you're going, and I was with you where you were before. I am is a constant present God. He is just as real, just as near, just as dear, just as precious, just as present today as he was then. I want you to know God is with you wherever you are right now. He's with you right now. He is the eternal I am. Hallelujah to his name. This name is an announcement of abundance. I am is an unfinished sentence. Jesus says I am and we can fill in the blank. We can fill in the blank. He is all that we need. 
Hallelujah. Paul understands this when he writes in Philippians 4.19. He says, and my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In Colossians 2.10, he says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Not only is Jesus necessary, but he is enough. He is enough. Whoever you are, wherever you are, and whatever you're in, Jesus is enough. He's enough. To the artist, he's altogether lovely. Come on here. To the architect, he's the chief cornerstone. To the banker, he's the hidden treasure. To the baker, he's the living bread. Preach Dawkins. To the biologist, he is the life. To the builder, he's the sure foundation. To the doctor, he's the great physician. To the educator, he's the great teacher. To the former, he is the lord of the harvest. To the florist, he's the rose of Sharon. To the geologist, he is the rock of ages. To the jurist, he is the righteous judge. To the jeweler, he's the pearl of great price. To the lawyer, he's my advocate. To the publisher, he's the good tidings of great joy. To the philosopher, he is the wisdom of God. To the preacher, he is the word of God. To the sculptor, he is the living stone. To the statesman, he is the desire of every nation. To the theologian, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. To the traveler, he is the new and living way. To the sinner, he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. To the saint, he is the Son of the living God, our Savior, our Redeemer, and our Lord. Somebody holler, he is the I Am. He is the I Am. Hallelujah to his name. The saints... They respond to the storm now. We got to look for Jesus when the storm comes. That's how you respond. You don't just overanalyze the storm, but you look for your Savior in the midst of it. Old song said, look and live. Look for the Savior. They saw that what threatened to be over their head was already under their feet. My God, I don't think you heard me. What threatened to be over their head was already under his feet. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.22 gives me the permission to declare that. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church to the church to the church that means if you're not in the church I don't mean in the building but I mean in the family of God I mean in the community of faith a part of that holy nation a part of that called out community those who've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior that means whatever you're in it's already over you but when you're in the church it's under you because you are in the body of Christ and if Christ can walk on it and I'm found in him that means whatever tried to overtake me because of my posture in him I can say I have overcome I'm already over it may I put a little bit more on this and say whatever's about to hit your life in 2021 God has started you at the top and you're already over it. Whatever job loss that might happen, you're already over it. Whatever breakup may happen, you're already over it. Can I be a realist? Sometimes I think we're overly optimistic and we do it in the name of having faith and we set people up for broken hearts and premature expectations. Somebody gonna lose their job this year. I know you don't wanna hear that. You wanna hear the preacher say, oh, you're gonna have everything all year long. 
but come on let's prepare ourselves if 2020 didn't teach us anything it taught us to expect the worst but prepare for everything expect the great but prepare for anything in other words widen your expectations don't hold God hostage to what you feel for a moment but understand as a mature disciple your trust in God is not predicated on everything going your way but your trust in God is predicated on who he is so if he does not change my trust in him will not change spring turns to summer and summer turns to fall and fall turns to winter the seasons rotate but my God remains he's just the same yesterday today forever so my faith will remain rooted and grounded in him we got to learn how to look to him no matter what the storm does we got to spend time in prayer and reading the word and fasting until you see what God promised he'd do we got to listen to Jesus while the storm rages if you hear God's voice Romans 10 says in verse 17 so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God we gotta learn to hear God change your channel if you're in the middle of a storm and you're getting more depressed you're listening to the wrong channel you better find a word from God the Bible is a book not just to be read but to be believed we need to start obeying what we read we like the safety of the boat so we sit back and we watch the Lord pass by but we got to learn how to walk with him sometimes his word will call you out of the comfort of your boat we got to walk with him through it Simon Peter did not drown and neither will you in verse 30 I like to see how Simon was invited by Jesus to walk on the water now hold on here I told you at the beginning we got to learn how to navigate through the seas swimming is a form of adaptation if I had no boat I would have to swim and for many of you 2020 was a year of swimming you had to get into the situation more than you planned to you didn't have a boat ready you had to know how to swim it was a sink or swim year it was a year of massive adaptation when the waves took you you had to keep going to stay afloat when the current shifted you had to keep kicking and keep flapping in order to stay afloat that's adaptation it was either you adapted or you died for many ministries that's all it was adapt or die for many businesses it was adapt or die for many of your relationships it was adapt or die you had to make a choice you couldn't stand and resist the winds and the current of change you had to adapt to it which is what swimming is you can't predict where the next current is coming but you got to do all you can to keep from going under but then there's another level 
beyond adaptation is a level called innovation. When you learn how to innovate, you'll take the resources you have and you'll innovate. You'll create something. You'll make something that will not be limited or held hostage to the environment. So if swimming is adapting, then boat making is innovation that means i can get on top of what i used to be overwhelmed by and now i can use it to navigate over it a ship however is always safe at shore but that's not what it's made for you can build your boat and have it docked for the whole year and never make it out to anywhere else at some point you gotta lift up that anchor and you gotta allow it to drift and get into the element uh, and get into the environment uh, may I speak to somebody this year who's already fearful about what's coming up what God has given you innovative creativity to create uh, you gotta let it go uh, and let it flow uh, I'll say it again let it go and let it flow uh, somebody give God praise for that uh, I believe that's going to shift somebody's finances. I believe that's going to shift somebody's opportunities. I believe that's going to open up some more doors for options. If you simply obey that, stop keeping it at the shore. It wasn't built to stay docked. It was built to sail. It was built for the bruise of the sea. It was built for the waves. It was built to withstand the wind. It was built for this year. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I close with what I think though is the highest point of this particular biblical account if swimming is adapting and boat making is innovating then may I say to you walking on water is supernatural oh yeah it's supernatural it's supernatural there comes a point where God will graduate you from the swimming phase and now your innovation brought you to the boat making phase but there comes a point now where only God can invite you to a supernatural place. You don't stay there. It's a place that helps to accelerate you in a way that your natural progression may not work. For many of you, you may have relied on, on people and natural resources or information. But let's tell the truth. Every now and then we need a wind from heaven. We need an idea that was not thought of in the earth. We need an opportunity that man cannot manipulate. That comes from a supernatural source. We need heaven's assistance. We need supernatural intervention. We need divine interruptions that will supernaturally move us from where we are to where we can be. And that's what happened while the storm was raging. A word went forth. A word went forth. Peter's desire, you heard me refer to him as Simon as well, his desire, he said, Lord, if that's you, if that really is you inviting me to take a risk, if that really is you that's inviting me to another level of thinking, another level, another level of living, bid me come. Invite me. I will not be so presumptuous that I'll just jump in there and say, God said and God did. Because what I establish, I have to maintain. But if God establishes it, he promises to keep it. For many of you, you are where you are now because you've been trying to establish your own idea and maintain it, putting it on God's tab. And God said, I never told you to do that. I never told you to marry that person. I never told you to connect with that individual. I never told you to join that workplace. I never told you to go to that ministry. I never told you to move. That was your idea. And since it's your idea, it's on your bill. Take care of it best wishes. I'll give you grace and wisdom. But when we seek God, 
for his direction and his guidance. As the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, we acknowledge him in all of our ways. His promise is that he will direct our paths. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, come on. And on that word, on that word, Peter was able to step out. He was able to step out. Now let me tell you, Peter may not have walked very far, but he walked further than the rest of the disciples who stayed in the boat. Yeah, yeah. Stop comparing your progress to people who play it safe. You play it safe, you stay in the boat, God bless you. But I've got a word that's invited me to another realm. You stay down there in adaptation, you stay over there in innovation, but there's another level of manifestation where God invites me to go further. He went further. It's safer to be on the waves with Jesus than to be in a boat without him. I'd rather be out there on the sea with him than to be somewhere in a comfortable cabin without him. Peter faltered because he looked at the circumstance and not the Savior. Keep your eyes on the Savior this year. More than ever before, we're commanded to keep our eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. Peter was nearer to the Lord when he was sinking than when he was walking. Because in that moment, he realized my dependence had shifted and I had to now fix my focus back on where I began. The author started me. Stay with him and he'll see to it that you finish. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Peter somehow, I don't know how, but somehow he got back to the ship. The scripture doesn't tell us. It's one of two ways. Either he walked back or Jesus carried him. But we see in verses 31 to 33 that it was in that moment where it was said, Jesus, you truly are the Son of God. What is that? Worship. I don't care what storms come your way. The way to navigate through this for some who are swimming, for some who are boat making and sailing, and for those who have been invited by God to walk on it. Wherever you are in this, continue to acknowledge him as the Son of God. Jesus, oh sweet wonder, oh Lamb of God, declare him for who he is. Worship him. Keep him as your worship focus. He's the one who receives it. My worship goes toward him. My king, my lord, my savior, my sustainer. I hear Mother Hortense Dawkins in my ears saying, when Christ is in the vessel, you can smile at the storm. Sailing on. Ayah, yes God. Thank God I'm sailing on. Sail through it. You'll get to the other side. God bless you.